Hey everybody, this is Ben. Before we formally start the episode, we have a quick message from Amanda Redfern, who you should know, who has helped co-host on many of our episodes before. Are you a current ophthalmology resident or recent ophthalmology residency graduate? If so, Amanda is conducting a survey on attitudes towards the intravitreal administration of anti-VEGF agents by non-retina specialists. It is a short, approximately five-minute anonymous survey. All participants will have the opportunity to enter a raffle for a $100 Amazon gift card. If you are interested in participating, please check out the link in the description below. And back to our regularly scheduled episode. Hello, welcome to Eyes for Ears, your ophthalmology OCAP support review podcast. We're your hosts, Ben Young. And Andrew Powell. Just a reminder that these podcasts are meant for medical education purposes only, not to diagnose things on anybody's eyes. Each week we try to bring you a high yield topic to help you in the clinic, boards, and OCAP. What are you doing this week, Andrew? This week, you've selected the Collaborative Ocular Melanoma Study, or COMS, as one of our other forays into evidence-based medicine, and this is actually a topic we haven't really broached too much far into in as far as like ocular oncology or ocular pathology, so great to see this uh, as the first episode. Right. Yeah, and you know, we're not, this isn't going to be our definitive ocular melanoma episode. We right. will probably do um, episodes detailing the actual disease process later, but just to uh, inform why it's important to know about the COM studies is before that they were really done, you know, I mean, these were the first prospective randomized control trials to look into how to treat ocular melanoma. You know, before these studies were done, the gold standard appears, you know, and if anyone's listening wants to correct this, but it appears the gold standard before was just to enucleate patients when they had a large enough um, ocular melanoma because we didn't know enough about the treatment. Patients were collected from 1987 and, you know, and onwards with follow-up for a lot of these studies being from five and 10 years on. And it helped to answer a lot of the questions about treating ocular melanoma. Broadly, how many studies were done within the comms that we should know about? Yeah, um, three studies were done, and it's kind of like focused on different uh, sizes of melanoma tumors from large, medium, and small size tumors. Obviously, each study was large and complex and collected a lot of data. For the purposes of OCAP and boards, we'll try to distill it to the main question that each study answered about how to treat ocular melanoma. So let's start with the large. Uh, ocular melanoma study. What was the main thing that patients were randomized to, Andrew? Yeah, these patients were randomized either to having their eyes with the giant uh, melanoma tumor, having their, those eyes straight away enucleated, or the other randomization group was those who would get radiation treatment prior to getting enucleated. So in this one, just to summarize that in a different way, basically the tumor was so gigantic inside the eye that it's sort of a given, even back in 1987 when they weren't sure, these definitely require enucleation. So everybody knew this thing's so big that you're definitely going to lose the eye, but let's see if radiating beforehand helps you survive any better like the rest of you. And uh, Ben, I see you helpfully wrote here, these size parameters may be one of the more, I guess, high-yield number things, if you want to take anything from this episode, aside from just like knowing what the spirit of each different trial in comms was for, because again, they're uh, separated into large, medium, and small, these numbers are the delineating numbers that help you tell apart, like, okay, is this a large tumor or is uh, I don't it know if is a medium tumor? In practice, they, they might, I don't know if people in 
like like I've never seen this emphasized in like a border view text, like the actual sizes. Um, but I, I just kind of included them in there so mm. people had an idea what large, medium, and small were. But yeah. Sure. And you never know. I think there are like anything in the f- flavor in the text of a study in a very well known study like this is certainly fair right. game for board questions too. And they have kind of like you Maybe know you talked about uh, percentages and and numbers to separate trials. So I think this is if you're going to try to scrape the bottom of the barrel for anything, this is probably the most helpful. But anyway, what Ben has helpfully written <laughs> that <laughs> is that uh, tumors that qualified for being in the large comms trial were those with a with a diameter greater than sixteen millimeters or a height uh, greater than 10 millimeters. So Ben, just to give us a flavor of what, how big 16 millimeters looks like inside an eye, roughly how big is the diameter of the macula, for example? I think we went over this. So so about 5.5 millimeters. And for more reference, the optic nerve is like 1.5 millimeters to give another ruler in the eye. Yeah, the optic nerve can vary as far as size goes. But yeah, 16 millimeter diameter, that's basically three maculas in in diameter. So that's the size of these tumors we're talking about. So what was the result, Ben? Like, did radiation help? Nope. Uh, survival? It did yeah. not. So that, and, you yeah, know, that's why we don't not. use x-ray radiation prior to nucleation. When you look at the five and 10-year mortality in both of the groups, there wasn't a significant difference between them. So that's why pre-radiation is not currently used. Yep. What about the next mm-hmm. study, Andrew? What did that one look at? So the next study, a step down as far as size goes, the medium-sized COMS trial, of course, studied medium-sized tumors. And in this case, the spirit of the question isn't so much like, okay, is it going to kill you? In this case, it's not a given that you have to in- go straight to enucleation, first of all. Um, back in, again, the late 80s, you know, it was obvious, yeah, you have to remove every giant tumor. But what about the medium-sized ones? Are you causing somebody unnecessary morbidity and suffering by straightaway removing their eye if it turned out maybe you didn't have to? So uh, what the medium comms trial did was it randomized groups to straightaway enucleating these medium-sized tumors or instead of enucleating them, treating them with brachytherapy, which is like plaque radiation with uh, different isotopes of uh, radioactive isotope. The most common one in use here and the one that the comms medium trial used was iodine isotope 125. But other types of radioisotopes for brachytherapy do exist and uh, refer to local practice patterns in yeah, case in, this in comes up for you next time. In the U.S. we mainly use I-125. Other countries may have yeah. access to other isotopes, but in the U.S. we mainly use it. Yeah. And just if you don't know what brachy... I mean, Andrew described what brachytherapy is, but you know, brachy means short in Greek, I think. And uh, you can correct me. Sorry, um, uh, Grecophiles out there. But the idea is that you have a, a shielded radiation source that you put right next to something you're trying to irradiate. So that's what yeah. that's what brachytherapy is, if you haven't heard it before, because I don't think I knew about this until I got to residency. So FYI. Yeah. We'll talk, I, I kind of want to talk a little bit more later about how uh, the number that these plaque therapies do on your eye. But again, to emphasize, as far as as damaging as the treatment itself can be for your eye and your vision, that's not the outcome measure that people care about in these studies. So all of these 
we're not yet talking about you know what happens to the vision, what happens to the eye tissues with or without treatment. We're talking about mortality rates as outcome measures. Yeah, they, they did look at um, out visual outcomes as a secondary outcome measure, right. but we can we can get back to that in a bit. Yeah. So, uh, Ben, uh, if 16 millimeters was like the cutoff for a large tumor, what's the low end of that cutoff distinguishing a medium-sized or a small tumor for the purposes of the COMS trial at least? Right. Medium was 6 to 16 millimeters in diameter or 2.5 to 10 millimeters in height. Yeah. So. So uh, for all these, you know, just right, medium flavored uh, tumors, what was the result? Did they decide, no, we should just go straight to a nucleation or was brachytherapy, plaque radiation also helpful? No, they, they, so they found that brachytherapy was equally efficacious as a nucleation. They didn't find any significant difference in mortality at the 5- and 10-year mark, which was 20% and 35% respectively, if yeah. you're curious. So to clarify again, this doesn't mean that brachytherapy is necessarily better for your mortality. It just means that you have the same likelihood of dying whether you keep the eye or whether you radiate the eye, so you might as well keep the eye and radiate it. Right, Yeah. right. You know, in terms of visual outcomes, there's a number of ways they measured the visual outcomes, but one measure is that at three years, their vision was reduced to 2200 in about 40% of patients for a number of different reasons um, that we will go over in a uh, episode about radiation to the eye. So, you know, I think the takeaway from that is that, you know, brachytherapy is not a harmless therapy. It does do damage to the eye, but it's often better than, you know, just straight enucleating an eye. So yeah, that's really the the main thing to take away from the medium trial. What about the small trial? So the small trial was a little different than the other two. The other two were big randomized clinical trials, right? With like Mm -hmm. a thousand patients at least in each and uh, definite randomization to one experimental group and then the other experimental group. The small comms trial was an outlier among those because it was just an observational study. And it was also much smaller. It didn't have a thousand patients to like divvy into groups of 500. It was just like, I think I read like 200 or 300 or so patients. Right, it was a couple hundred, right? right? And in this case, you know, instead of the whole thing being like, we know we have to treat this, otherwise you die. In the small comms trial, the spirit of the question was more like, this thing is so small. What happens if we just observe and do nothing to these small tumors? Yeah. And in which case, you know, as one of the outcome measures, it turns out mortality was only about 1% at five years out. Right. And to define the size so people know what small means in this trial, mm, it's yeah. so for height, it's what you'd expect. It's less than two and a half millimeters, but greater than one. So one to two and a half millimeters for height. For the size, it's a little inconvenient. You know, remember, large is greater than 16. Medium is between 6 and 16. And for small, they defined it as four to eight millimeters. Um, you know, go figure. So, but yeah, those were the sizes. Yeah, which is still like a, yeah, a pretty good size. That is um, um, that's very much a macula right there. <laughs> yeah, approximately a macula in size. Um, but <laughs> something we want to emphasize is that the results of the trials we're talking about aren't don't necessarily dictate like these aren't the guidelines for modern therapy of melanomas. Right. You know, we we didn't talk about things like transpupillary thermotherapy or um, you know other other methods to uh, follow or manage melanoma. The comms trial, as we said, started in 1987, so other studies have been done in the meantime. But right. these are kind of the um, I think the core 
or he's kind of laid the groundwork for a, a lot of what we do for octomelanoma nowadays. So, you know, the boards and OCAP consider it very important for us to know, as we should know for clinical practice. Okay. And, you know, that's the, the, that's the comms trials. I thought this would be hopefully a, a good, discreet, small episode to review something that may feel kind of esoteric. There's a lot of things. There's a lot of numbers in all of them. But I think if you come away with a big takeaway from each study, then it can help you not only answer questions, but understand the basic, the intro, the basic intro to how melanoma is treated nowadays. And do you mind if I summarize? Yes, please. A brief summary. So to summarize, the large trial found that you don't need to irradiate large melanomas prior to enucleating them. The medium trial found that brachytherapy was equivalent to enucleation in medium melanomas. And the small trial just was, it was the only one that was observational, which could be asked, and found that mortality was pretty low if you just monitor uh, small ocular melanomas. That's all we have for this week. Yeah, consider this episode a sidebar to other pathology episodes that we will make soon. <laughs> yes, yes, our eternal promise to, to, Eventually. to, to be good. Eventually, <laughs> yes, yes, we will. Yeah, well, we'll do radiation next week, Andrew. How does that sound? Sure, okay, I'll get cool. something together. Too. I actually like particle physics, so I'm, I'm kind of excited to geek out a little bit about oh radiation. Oh my gosh. Yeah, <laughs> I, it's actually what I'm going to do my grand rounds on um, in next month, <laughs> a month or two, so I'm putting some stuff together anyway. How are you guys even Anyways. doing grand rounds these days? Zoom. <laughs> Zoom, baby. If you're a resident of my program, then pretend you didn't hear that because I don't want uh, to be a spoiler for what my case is going to be about. Anyways, if you liked what you heard, you can follow us on Twitter at Eyes4Ears with number four. And we got our website at Eyes4Ears.com with the number four also. And if you'd like to support the podcast, uh, it's really helpful if you give leave us a rating review on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. And uh, I know that OCAP, the OCAP test has not been rescheduled yet because Prometric is down for the count, right? Yeah, it might last. We heard it is planned to be rescheduled, but we don't know when. Well, look out because the oral boards, uh, the latest rumor goes, is that oral boards is going to be delivered virtually now. Very interesting. Which Very interesting. Actually, hopefully they stay like that because... <laughs> it makes a lot of sense. Saves a lot of money, really. Yeah. So, yeah. But that means if you're studying for the boards, um, right back on the wagon, and we're happy to have you back, and uh, hope everybody's staying safe otherwise in these days. Yeah. Stay safe. Stay inside. Yeah. And thanks to everyone who's on the front lines helping me manage this. Uh, which uh, could include us soon, right? Very soon, <laughs> yeah. God. Which might preview another future episode. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Take care, everyone. Bye. See ya. Stay safe. <laughs>